Welcome, everyone. So good to have all of you at all of our churches, Bluntstown, Chipley, and Mariana. I am really excited that to have all of you with us because we're beginning a brand new series entitled Winning the War in Your Mind. And I'm also excited about this series because you're going to be having conversations throughout the week to discuss this series in your small groups. And so we've created some special discussion guides for you on that. Uh, but let me just say, if you're not in a small group or if your small group leader decides, okay, we're not going to go through that discussion with the rest of the church, you can get the discussion guides for your own personal processing and your own spiritual growth, either on our RCC app or you can get it at rivertown.cc forward slash messages. You can go there and you can download the discussion guides so that you can take the application of these messages to another level. Now, if you're truly an overachiever and this is an area as we get into it, you go, okay, I really want to grow in this area, then I would recommend you get this book that was written by Craig Rochelle. It's his latest book, Winning the War in Your Mind. I promise you it will be worth grabbing a copy of this book or the workbook for this book and dig in deep deeper because I'm telling you, it is probably one of the best tools that I've ever seen to take people on a journey of helping them to really renew their mind and win the war in their mind. And I, by the way, I'm not getting paid anything to say that. It's just that good a book. Now, some of you say, okay, why, why are we even talking about this series, Winning the War in Your Mind? And here's why this series is so important. I just want to build this as the foundation. Our mind is a constant flow or a constant stream of thoughts. I want you to think about that. Our mind is a constant flow or a constant stream of thoughts. And here's why this matters. Your thoughts are what determine the direction and the quality of your life. In fact, your thoughts are what determine the emotions and feelings that you have. They what determine the attitudes and the actions that you take. The truth is everything you do, everything you feel is more a result of the thoughts that flow through your mind than what happens to you or what even happens around you. See, what we think, it absolutely shapes how we see the world, how we see our world, and it shapes who we are. So this is why whenever we describe people, whenever we use some kind of adjective or label to describe them, we're really just describing the pattern of, flaw, of thoughts that absolutely flow through their minds. Let me, let me just kind of give you an example of how this works. So you think about loving people, people who are loving in their personality and, and the way they interact with people. Loving people are just people who have chosen to have loving thoughts and therefore they have loving feelings. Or how about this? Kind people. Kind people are people who have chosen to have selfless thoughts toward other people, so therefore they have selfless actions. Or let's change it a little bit. What about cranky people? See, cranky people are people who have chosen to have bitter, resentment-producing thoughts in their life. Or skeptical people. Skeptical, questioning people, critical people, they have untrusting thoughts that are running through their mind. And then negative people, if you would look at their thoughts, they are people who have painful and dark thoughts running through their mind. So literally, you can see that your life is just a reflection of your thoughts. Or another way to say this is, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In fact, over the last 30 years, the single most dominant movement in American psychology has come to known as cognitive psychology. And cognitive psychology is built around the idea that what you think is the most important thing about you. See, this is why we say 
that your thoughts determine your attitudes and feelings, your emotions, and your behavior. So your life is a reflection of the sum total of your thoughts. And here's what's so amazing about this. The thing that determines the outcome of our life more than anything else, this whole thing of how we think, we tend to be less aware of the impact that it has on our life than anything else. So for just a few moments, as we begin this four-week conversation, I want you to think about these two questions. In what direction are your thoughts traveling? In what direction are your thoughts traveling? Do they normally travel toward the negative, toward the positive? In what direction are your thoughts traveling? Here's a second question. What battle are you fighting in your mind? What battles are you fighting in your mind? Maybe for some of you, your battle is the same as one of the biggest battles of my mind. It's that thought of inadequacy and feeling like that you're never enough or you're never good enough. Or maybe you're like me. You find yourself oftentimes in a battle between thoughts of fear and thoughts of faith. Like you know that God has called you to step out of your comfort zone in faith, but you have feelings of fear that are battling in you and causing you maybe to shrink back from stepping out in faith as God wants you to step out in faith. Or maybe for some of you, you battle thoughts of anxiety and you feel overwhelmed and therefore you feel paralyzed. Or maybe you battle thoughts of insecurity and and you feel like I'm never going to measure up in life. Or maybe you just want to be confident that God is with you and that God is for you, but you battle doubts and those doubts, they paralyze you that God is with you. And so you're afraid to move through life. Or, Or maybe your battle has just, you're like, oh, I have so many battles. It's not just one, it's many. See, here's the thing. Battling the war in your mind, it absolutely can be exhausting, can it? It really is when you really stop and think about it. It's why so many of us, we feel exhausted in our being and eroded in our soul. And we think that this exhaustion in our being and this erosion in our soul is the result of everything that is happening to us or everything that's happening around us when the truth is, it's the result of the battle that is going on in our minds. Now, the other thing that makes this conversation about the battle for our minds so important is that modern neuroscience is confirming what writers of scriptures have said for centuries. Let me just give you one example. Somewhere around 700 BC, Solomon wrote this in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. He says, be careful what you think. In other words, don't be careless. Don't just do life assuming that every thought that you have is your thought or God's thought. No. He says, you need to be very careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Don't miss that. What runs your life? Your thoughts run your life. So guys, guess what? Your wife doesn't run your life. Your thoughts run your life. Students aggravated, frustrated with your parents because they run your life, guess what? Your thoughts are what run your life. See, it's not those people, your boss or that supervisor at your work that you're so frustrated or angry about because they run your life. No, no, no. He says, you be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. So according to Solomon, you could say it this way. Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. For example, that habit you can't start or the one that you can't stop, those behaviors that you just keep repeating and you can't break the cycle, that fear to take on new challenges, your inability to be able to be vulnerable with other people. 
See, most of those battles are won or lost in your mind. See, the thoughts that start in your mind, they determine the emotions that you feel, which then determines the actions that you take. So your mind is the most powerful tool that you have because your thoughts run your life. Now, here's the good news about this. God's word is powerful. And so God's word, because it's powerful, it's going to give you eternal wisdom for life. But here's the other thing. Because it's powerful, it's powerful enough to transform and renew your mind through truth. So this means it's possible for every one of us, no matter what your background has been, no matter what your past you've experienced, this means it is possible for every one of us to win the war in our mind by changing the way that we think. And I think one of the greatest examples for changing or renewing, winning this war in your mind is the first century man that we know as the Apostle Paul. Now, many of you, when you hear me talk about the Apostle Paul, you automatically, if you know anything about him, you automatically think in your mind maybe something like this. Well, he's somebody that has it all together, and, and he's way more spiritual than what I'll ever be spiritual. I mean, but that's just not the case when you start looking at his life. See, the Apostle Paul, he had to battle all the same internal and mental and personal and emotional issues that every one of us have to battle. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at two letters that he wrote to Christ followers in the city of Rome and also in the city of Corinth. And in these letters, he is very transparent about his own interpersonal struggles. And what he does is he shares with us at a gut level view into the internal battles that he personally had to fight. In fact, here's how he describes these battles in a letter that he wrote to Christ followers in Rome. Listen to this out of Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And you read that and you can see the battle that is going on in the Apostle Paul's mind. And some of you read that and you go, that's my life. That's my battle. In other words, your battle is just like the Apostle Paul. He says, man, the things that I, I don't want to do, I do. But the things that I want to do, I don't do. He just keeps doing those things. So here's what we know. That internal battle in the mind, what does it do when you have this kind of battle going on? It wears you out. In fact, if you continue reading the verses after this, verses 16 through 25, the Apostle Paul, he describes six negative emotions that we all feel in our life as a result of the battle in our mind. And when you read these next verses 16 through 25 and you see those six emotions, you're gonna go, that's why I feel the way I feel. It's why I feel so exhausted and worn down. Now, here's why this is so important for us to address as we begin this conversation. If no one ever gives you a plan to win this battle that we have in our lives in so many areas, then eventually what you're going to do is you're just going to give up and you're going to just surrender and say, well, that's just who I am. But here's also even the better news. Over time, the Apostle Paul, he figured out how to defeat the lies that Satan used to attack him. And I want to do this. I want to use a passage to show you what he said helped you to win the war in his mind. So in a different letter that he wrote to Christ followers in the city of Corinth, Here's how, the Paul, here's how the Apostle Paul reminded them of this or showed them, here's how you win the war that rages in your mind. Notice what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 3. 
He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. And some of you go, what does it mean? Well, the Apostle Paul is basically saying, if you fight this invisible spiritual war in your mind, using weapons of the flesh. That's what he means when he says waging war as the world does. That's using weapons of the flesh. And some of you go, what are weapons of the flesh? Well, some of the weapons of the flesh are things like this. I just made a list. They're things like anger. Some of you use anger to try to win the battles in your life. Some of you use controlling behavior or arguing or powering up. Some of it, for some of you, it's like you just work harder to outdo those war, those lies that are in your mind that you go, well, I'm going to prove them all wrong. Others of you, you try to use self-improvement. Others of you, as manipulation, resentment, gossiping, being diminishing, withdrawing, silent treatment, people-pleasing, etc. And what do we mean by etc.? That means any other fleshly tactic that you, you use to try to win these battles that we have in our life because of what's going on in our mind. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is, if you use these fleshly tactics, if you wage war against the battles that go on in your mind the way the world does, you will always lose the battle. So the Apostle Paul starts off by saying, people who follow Jesus don't have to fight the battle for their mind on their own. Which means, if you're with us today at one of our churches and you're not a follower of Jesus, what he's saying is, it's up to you. It's up to your own willpower. It's up to your own fleshly tactics to win this war. And as long as you try to do this on your own, you are on your own, and you're probably going to end up with some very predictable outcomes. And we all know that these tactics to handle life, they do not lead to good outcomes. And for many of you, whether you're a Christ follower or not a Christ follower, this is your story. You keep losing, you keep losing the battles in your life. And you lose the war in your mind because you have been using fleshly tactics even though you are a follower of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing that he's telling us. Once you follow Jesus, as we're about to learn in verse 4, you have access to help that you did not previously have. God promises that he is going to give you the power to change. So here's how the Apostle Paul makes this very clear to us in verse 4. Notice what he says. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, I don't want you to miss what the Apostle Paul is saying because this is absolutely good news for all of us. He says, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. Literally, he's saying, when you follow Jesus, you now have access to the same divine power that raised Christ from the dead. In other words, you have the ability to tap in to resurrection power. That is his divine power to help you overcome and to help you change. Now, as we read on, the Apostle Paul is going to make it very clear that we need this divine power. Because there are some very tough mental strongholds that we have in our life that we have to tear down. Now, here's the thing. Some of you may be sitting here going, what's a stronghold? Because that's not common ter terminology unless you play some game like Minecraft or something. So here's the thing. In the first century, a stronghold was a military fortress that was built kind of at the highest peak in the area, an area that they felt like they could defend. And so military leaders, they would often position themselves in that stronghold whenever they were under attack. In fact, sometimes 
when they were not under attack, they would even use it to put prisoners there because they didn't want them to escape and they knew it was almost impossible for anybody to escape from there because what they would do is they would build these strongholds and they would build them with walls sometimes up to like 20 feet thick to make sure that nothing or no one could penetrate it. So once somebody or something was in that stronghold, it was very difficult to get them out. And the Apostle Paul's point is, is that when the lies of the enemy, when the lies of Satan entrench themselves in our mind, basically they become a stronghold in our mind. See, once they are entrenched in our mind, it's almost impossible to get them out of that stronghold with our own effort and with our own strength. And here's the other thing. When they are entrenched in our mind, it's very easy for Satan to get us to believe that that lie that he tells us is true about us because that lie has been there for so long that it starts feeling like, oh, that's just who I am. And here's the thing you have to understand as we begin the series of four conversations, and that is this. Satan is a liar, and his goal is to get you to despise yourself and to destroy the relationships with the people that you have around you. Don't miss what I said. Satan hates you, and his goal because he hates you, is to get you to despise yourself and to tear down the relationships with the people around you, but that's not all. And his goal is to get you to doubt what God says to you and what God says about you. And Satan has been doing that since the beginning of human existence. In fact, it's one of the first stories in the book of Genesis. And so one of the primary ways he does it is he introduces self-sabotaging lies into our lives, and then he encourages us to come along and to build these strongholds around these lies that he puts in our mind so that it's almost impossible to get them out on our own effort and strength. And you go, lies, what do you mean by lies? Well, lies like this, you just can't trust people. Or lies like, you'll never succeed, or you don't have what it takes, or you're lazy. You always get it wrong. Lies like you're never going to have a good marriage or you're never going to be loved or you're never going to be in a place where you're not alone. Or how about lies like this? God doesn't hear your prayers. He hears everybody else's prayers. But he doesn't really care about you. Or lies like they really don't like you. They just put up with you. Or you're never going to make any difference because you'll never amount to anything. How could God love a person like you? Look at what you've done and who you are. It's those kind of lies. See, don't miss this because this is the point that the Apostle Paul is making. The longer those kind of lies are in your mind, the more you believe them, the thicker the walls you build around them, the thicker, the stronger your stronghold becomes, which makes it more and more difficult to escape the deception, destroy the stronghold, and then get rid of the lie. Now, what's interesting is science has discovered this is exactly how our brains work. See, your brain's chemical makeup, it is changed by the thoughts that you think. Every time you think a thought, your brain, it starts to create a pathway, or you could say it creates a road that they travel on. They are called neural pathways. See, there are billions of pathways or roads in our brain. And the more you think a certain thought or a certain way about something, the smoother that road becomes and the easier it is for you to think that thought the, same, the next time that you're in a similar or kind of a same kind of situation. 
In fact, it's like those thoughts, the more you think them, they just create this interstate in your mind until they just become second nature to you. And that thought just becomes your default thought. And you think it's the truth. When in reality, it is a lie that Satan has told you about yourself or about somebody else. And now you've built this stronghold around it, but you're living your lie as though it was true, or you're, you're living your life as though that lie was true. And so as the Apostle Paul put it, those lies, they become strongholds in your, in your um, life, and you believe it long enough that now it is truth to you. And so this explains why a lot of us are where we're at in our life, because the reality is our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. See, this is why the Apostle Paul says, we've got to figure out what are the lies, what are the strongholds in our mind, and then we have to do the hard work to demolish them, not in our own strength, but in God's divine power. We have to do the hard work through God's divine power to destroy them, to obliterate them, but we cannot do that on our own. It is going to take God's divine power to break through those 20-foot thick walls that we've allowed to build up in our brains in order to protect those lies that are destroying and sabotaging our lives. So the Apostle Paul says, we have have to lean into God's power. We have to destroy those lies that are shaping our lives. And the question that most of you are now asking, well, how do we do that? Well, the apostle Paul begins to tell us how to do this in the next verse, verse five. Notice what he says. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, I don't want you to miss what he's saying. The Apostle Paul is saying, if you want to live free from the lies that you have allowed to live rent-free in your mind and you have built strongholds around, he says, if you want to be free from the lies that become stronghold in your life, you have to take every thought captive. Don't miss that. You have to take every thought captive. In fact, I want all of you to, at all of our churches say this with me. We have to take captive every thought and the emphasis is on every thought. Meaning, you have to ask yourself this question. Is this what Jesus would say about me or about this other person or about this situation? See, that's what we mean when we say you have to reply, replace every lie with truth. We have to take every thought captive and you have to ask yourself, Am I thinking the same thing that my heavenly father would say about me right now or about this person or about this situation? See, here's why this is so, so important. You either take your thoughts captive or your thoughts will take you captive. And many of us, we have been taken captive by our thoughts. And that's where the problem is for most of us. See, we don't know how many lies that we have allowed to become strongholds in our mind. And the problem is, as I said, if we believe that lie long enough, then that lie will control our life as if it is true. So the devastating problem of not being aware of the lies that have become stronghold in our mind is those lies are the biggest limiting factor or the biggest limiting force in our life. In fact, I don't want you to miss this. You have a set of lies that have created strongholds in your mind, and that is what is holding you back. It is the lies in your mind that are holding you back. It is not your spouse. It's not your parents. It's not your children. It's not your coworkers. It's not your classmates in school or in student ministry. 
That's not what's holding you back. It's not all of those people you blame. What's holding you back is the strongholds in your mind. And those strongholds, they not only hold you back, but they make you miserable as well. And you blame everybody else. See, those lies, when you kind of begin to evaluate and see them, you begin to understand those lies you believe about yourself, they're always going to be about your shortcomings, how you don't measure up, how you're not enough, how you're not acceptable, or they're going to be about the thought that, well, you're a victim and other people or other circumstances or your situation, that's really your problem. And the reality is that's not the truth. The lies you believe, they are what sabotage you, but you won't believe the lie is what's sabotaging you if you don't really clearly see that it's a lie. And you don't understand that the war in your mind is absolutely what is destroying your life or sabotaging your life. So the Apostle Paul says, the first thing that you have to do is you have to take every thought captive or your thoughts are going to take you captive. So what does that mean? You have to stop and you have to filter every thought you think. Now, when you first hear that, filter every thought I think, that could feel overwhelming because many of you go, I have thousands of thoughts every day and that could feel exhausting. But how do we take every thought captive? We're gonna explain how we do this as we go through this series so that it won't be overwhelming and exhausting to you. And then what you do, once you make that commitment to say, I'm going to take every thought captive, you have to examine it under the magnifying glass of what your heavenly father says about you in his word to make sure that every one of the thoughts that you think are absolutely true. See, you have to know the truth because the truth is what will make you free. But please hear what I'm about to say. Hearing and knowing the truth from your heavenly father, not, not just hearing and knowing the truth from someone like myself speaking to you or from some other pastor you might listen to on a podcast or Bible study that you might listen to. See, it's important to hear and know truth that, that people speak to us because it's a catalyst for our faith. But here's the thing. There has to be that point in time in your life where you begin to say, God, I'm gonna believe what you say about me. And so there's times in your life where you're spending time in prayer, reading God's word, and God speaks his truth to you about who you are. And when you hear and you know the truth about you from your heavenly father, that is how you begin to tear down those strongholds, those lies in your life. So where do we start to begin this whole process of demolishing those strongholds and those lies? Because here's the thing I want you to understand. No matter who you are, God wants to and has the power to set you free from all those lies that Satan has used to take you captive and deceive you in your life. So here's the first step that you use to take every thought captive. You start by answering this question. Here's the question. What is one stronghold in your mind? What is one stronghold in your mind? Or another way to think about this is to ask yourself this question. What is your strongest thought? Or, or you could say, what is your strongest negative thought? Because remember, your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what is the most shaping thought in your life? What is the most negative shaping thought in your life? Now, here's the thing. As you can tell, we're not gonna tackle all of them all at one time because that's the reason we're asking, what's the one stronghold in your mind? Let's just start by identifying one. And you tackle that, you win that war, and then you take on another one and you win that war. So what is one stronghold in your mind? Or what is one lie? that has a hold of you and is taking you captive. 
Maybe for some of you, you believe that you're not lovable and that's creating identity issues in you. Or maybe some of you believe that you'll never be good enough. Or maybe you believe, I have blown it so bad in my life that I'm never going to be able to measure up. Or maybe you have felt like, I'm never going to gain the acceptance of somebody that you look up to or you want their acceptance. And so you've lived your whole life feeling inadequate. And now you believe that lie, that you're just inadequate in life. Or maybe you believe that you're never going to succeed because you just don't have what it takes. Or maybe you believe that you're never going to have enough money because you've always felt broke. Your parents were always broke. You just can't win with money. So there's just no point in trying to win or have some kind of financial plan. Listen, our challenge, you, our challenge for you this week is that you will identify what is the one stronghold in your mind. What is that one thought, that negative thought that is shaping and directing your life? Now, here is why this is so important. You can't defeat what you don't define. You cannot defeat what you don't define. So our week, our challenge for this week is that you start practicing replacing the lies with the truth of what God says about you because Jesus said, if you know the truth, then the truth will make you free. See, truth is what God uses to demolish the stronghold of the lies in our life. Truth is what allows us to take all those false thoughts captive. And scientifically speaking, what truth does, it builds new neural pathways. It builds new roads, new interstates in your mind. So the more you think about the truth of God's word, the easier it's going to be for you to believe the truth that God has to say about you. In fact, let me kind of explain it this way. Where we live, there's a pond. And there used to be planted pines around this pond. But when Hurricane Michael came through in 2018, they were all toppled in the afternoon and the evening, right? Well, before the hurricane, if you would look, you would easily see these paths. There were all these paths that were going through these pine trees. And the reason these paths were there is because the deer over the year had created, created these paths from just traveling the same path over and over and over again. I mean, so much so that it was just easy to track their paths. Well, now, in 2018, all their paths were destroyed, and for the first few years after the storm, you couldn't see any paths. But over time, those deer, they just kept working and working and working, and they started wearing down the brush again and finding ways to navigate through all the toppled trees until if you look at those woods again, or what was some woods, now you start seeing all these paths again. And basically, that's how you win the war in your mind. This is what will happen in your brain if you'll, re if you'll focus on replacing lies with truth. At first, you have to let God destroy the strongholds in your mind. He does that through his divine power. You have to admit that they're there. That's the very beginning place. And then you begin to let God to destroy them. And just know this, Satan will not let it be easy for you to believe the truth of what God has to say about you because Satan hates you. He wants to destroy you. And he wants you to despise yourself because if you despise yourself, you will destroy yourself. And he wants you to destroy all the relationships around you so you'll be isolated and lonely so that he can take you out easier. But here's the truth that the Apostle Paul is telling us. Over time, if we'll begin this journey together, the path of lies will begin to disappear and the path of truth will become very, very clear. So if you have that stronghold in your mind that you are never enough, then you need to remind yourself of the truth that the Apostle Peter says. He says, God's divine power has given you everything that you need to live the life that God has called you to live. 
or if your stronghold is that you're not attractive enough or you're not gifted enough, you have to believe the truth that you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made and that God has called you and he's created you as his masterpiece. You are created on purpose for a purpose. Or if your stronghold is that you're miserable and you'll never be happy, then you have to grab onto the truth that Jesus said, He came so that you could have life and you could have it more abundantly. He came and he gave us a truth so that our joy would be full. Or if your stronghold is you feel like that you're always going to be alone and you can't ever count on anyone, you have to tear down that stronghold with the truth of God's word where he promises you that he will never leave you and he will never abandon you. Or if your lie is that you're believing that you're a victim and that you're always going to be a victim, you have to let the truth of God's word that the God that is in you is greater than anything that is in this world and that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. You have to tear down strongholds with truth. You have to destroy lies with truth. So you don't have to live your life with the stronghold of lies because Jesus he holds the keys and he holds the power to set or make you free. So this week, we want to begin to do the hard work of taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Jesus Christ by identifying one stronghold, and then we're going to start building new paths by re- replacing those lies with truth. And let me just say, if you're the overachiever, what you want to do is you want to get this book and you will read chapters one through three and do the exercises at the end of the chapter because I'm telling you, it has been the best tool I've ever seen in 28 years of ministry to help people take themselves on the process of identifying lies, training their mind so they can renew their mind because renewal of the mind results in a transformed life. So remember this, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So to change our lives, we have to renew our mind. If we want to win the war in our minds, we have to change our thinking. And when we change our thinking, we change our lives. See, it's not when we change our circumstances, and that's what most of us think, and that's what most of us pray. We want God to show up and and change our circumstances. If I had had a different spouse, or if I had a different job, or if I had a different boss, and, and we're all frustrated or angry with God at times because he hasn't changed my circumstances, and God says, no, no. If you want to change your life, you have to change your mind. So today, we want to challenge you to begin the process of saying, I am going to begin to do the hard work of changing my life by identifying the lies that have become strongholds in my mind, and then we're going to demolish those, we're going to tear those down, and we'll replace those lies with the truth that Jesus says about us. Now, next week, we're going to take another step to help us do that. So I pray that you'll come back and bring someone with you. But here's the thing. Before we close today, if you're with us at any of our churches and you're not a Christ follower, before you leave today, we want you to have the opportunity to access God's divine power to help you tear down these strongholds. But I I promise you, there's no other way to do this. You cannot do it on your own. So if you're with us today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you've never had his Holy Spirit indwell you because that's what happens when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to give you access to that divine power before you leave today. So at all of our campuses, will you bow your heads with me? And if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, be your Lord and Savior, would you just pray these words in your heart as I pray them out loud? Just say, Jesus Today, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. 
And I also recognize through this conversation today from your word that you, you didn't come to pay me back. You came to win me back and give me an abundant life, a life that is filled with joy, a life that is filled with love. But I also understand today that Satan is my enemy and he hates me. He wants to destroy me. So I'm asking not only that you come in my life, be my Lord and my Savior and my sin forgiver. And I thank you for that incredible gift. But I'm asking that you will empower me through the person of your Holy Spirit to begin the process of winning the war in my mind by learning the truth and leaning into that truth and believing that truth that you said will make me free. So right now, I'm choosing to follow you from this day forward, to give my life, commit my life fully to you from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me a new identity. I'm no longer a sinner, but now I'm a child of God. Thank you for my new beginning today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, please let us know that. You can let us know on the Connect card that you received when you came in the building. You can put it on there and get, drop it in the giving boxes on your way out. You can give it to one of our guest services team. You can stop by the gallery. We'd love to have a conversation with you there or, or see one of us our pastors on any of our campuses. We'd love to talk to you about some next steps. But I want to challenge all of you because most of us, even those of you that were Christ followers, we have lived believing lies that we have created as strongholds in our mind. Will you begin the process this week of saying, God, we're going to tap into your divine power. We're going to identify the strongest negative thought, that stronghold, and begin tearing it down with truth. That's our challenge for this week. Hey, we'll see you next week. Have a great week.